welcome to the Travel Weekly podcast. I'm here with a former editor, Jeff Mills, who's going to talk a bit about his time when he was um, in charge of Travel Weekly. Um, and it's part of our 50th anniversary celebrations uh, this year. We've spoken to another former editor, Jeremy Skidmore, a few months ago. So it's it's Jeff, it's your turn now. So um, tell us a bit about um, your memories uh, from the time, because you were editor from 1989 to 1996, but you worked at Travel Weekly as a reporter before that. So just, just kind of paint a picture for us of, of what it was like. Yes, I joined uh, as a reporter. Um, I, I'd done various training schemes and so on before and worked on various other mag- magazines and newspapers. But I joined as a reporter. The office at that time was uh, near Waterloo in Stamford Street in, a, in an old building, which I think is now part of HMRC, usually, I think, uh, Dorset House. Um, what I remember vividly is going for my interview with the then editor, who was the, the launch editor, actually, a chap called Gordon Wharton. Very nice man, a bit like Hemingway, big beard, you know. Um, and we had the meeting in the morning, and he then said, well, uh, are you thirsty? So uh, we popped <laughs> next door for a drink in the, in the pub Brilliant. next door. Um, and then I, I sort of repeated this, the whole thing a few days later with the then publisher, this guy called Dennis Holman, who I had to meet as well. Uh, anyhow, I got the job. But um, it was it was very different in those days. It was very it was a, the newsroom was a very noisy, very busy place. Um, it was open plan, uh, but um, you know I remember, for example, you know going in one day and people were just playing cricket down the middle of the newsroom <laughs> because it was quite a big room, um, and then. Uh, you know, there'd be, there'd be lots of shouting, lots of, lots of screaming and, and typewriters clacking away. Of course, no computers in those days. Um, and just frenetic, but very, very exciting. I mean, very exciting, like the rest of Fleet Street was in those days as well. Yeah, yes, a bit more tame now, isn't it? You said you, because you still write, and we'll talk about that a yeah. bit later, you still do travel writing. When you go into some of these national newsrooms now, they're very quite clinically... They're very quiet. They? I yeah. mean, people, people barely even stop for lunch. And, you know, they have a very quiet sandwich at their desk these days, which was not the way it was... Uh, Back no, then, no. Um, I mean, a lot of the um, a lot of the, the the news stories actually came out of meetings with people in pubs or restaurants or whatever it may be. I mean, that was the way you got you got the good stuff, you know, by going out and having a few drinks with somebody. And once they uh, once they were lubricated, you know, they were then prepared to it was um, building up those relationships. Well, it, absolutely I suppose, that, yes, it? yeah, um, absolutely that. Yeah, that was my excuse. Yeah, anyhow, was <laughs> yeah I was going to say we have heard you liked a long lunch. Um, that Not, came from... I wasn't alone in that. <laughs> no, I'm sure you weren't. I'm sure you weren't. That came from Flora. Our yeah, editor. I'm sure I did. She's yeah. given me all the gossip. Um, okay, so you joined as a reporter, and then you were features editor, weren't you? I became features editor uh, after after a while. Yes, but the 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 Predators reporter was actually it was quite an interesting oh, yeah, time to be a reporter. Yeah, uh, we had, for example, the collapse of um, of Clarkson's, which were Courtline, which was their parent company, the, 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 the aviation company. I think initially it was a shipping company. Actually, it was aviation, Courtline Aviation, that went down, caused enormous ructions. But it, the good on the good side, it led to the establishment of what was called Stabilizer, which was the the, the, the relationship, if you like, between travel agents and tour operators, where you know the agents would only sell the the, the, the the product of a, of a, an ad to tour operator and vice versa. It also led to the to um, the the, um, the the fund being being established. The uh, I think it's now called the Air Travel Reserve Fund or something like that. Um, that's what led to that uh, being being established by a levy in those days. I think it was a pound on every holiday sold to build up a fund uh, to repatriate people if if their company went down. And you were at the forefront covering. We were covering that. all yeah. of that. Yes, yeah. yeah okay. There was a lot of that going on because the, the travel industry, frankly, in those days, had a pretty bad reputation. Um, it was selling very, very cheap products. I mean, they used to boast actually some of them that you could. It was cheaper to be abroad 
than it was to be at home, you know, because you didn't have to pay for your heating bill or whatever. And, uh, you know, you could buy a holiday for £20 or something. You know, it was just ludicrously cheap. Um, and went down and down and down. Um, and, of course, something had to bust. I, I remember talking to somebody from, I think it was Thompson, actually, Thompson Holidays at the time, who admitted after a, a few drinks that they were making, if everything went right, they made a pound a head on their holidays. That was the profit. Wow. And, of course, everything didn't go right most of the time. So, you know, it, was not a, it wasn't a healthy business So something all. had to give. Something had to yeah, blow, yeah. yeah and it did. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so you made editor in 1973... Uh, sorry, in 1989. 89, yeah. Sorry. Um, how did that come about? And, and tell us a bit about your, your editing style. Well, it came about... I took over from um, a woman called Mary Ratcliffe, who had been within IPC, as it was then, um, before she'd edited a, a food magazine. I think it was called Fast Food. Um, which I think was linked with Caterer, actually, okay. nothing in those days, because yeah. that was part of the same group, although not directly with us. Uh, but I took over from her. I was deputy editor before that. Um, the style, I suppose, was... I mean, the, the, one of the things was, that as editor, you had to see every single piece of copy, and I don't know whether it still exists now. It may do. But, um, you know, the, the, the way it worked was that each reporter... Um, each reporter was responsible for their own section, you know, whether it was um, tour operators and travel agents, or road and rail, aviation, whatever it may be, you had a certain number of pages you had to fill with good copy, good news copy. And you also did features, which, which were separate. I mean, so you typically would have, say, seven or eight pages of news pages to fill with, with news copy. And then you may well have had to do a destination feature as well, if you've been on a trip somewhere or, you, you know, or, or, or a subject. I mean, it could be you know, the guide to uh, ferries in the UK or something, which was a big, big job, you know, to a list of all the ports and all that kind of thing. Um, but then towards the end of the week, on, when we came to press day, everybody sort of pitched in with the news. I mean, you, you would tend to do the, 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 your own subject, but not always. I mean, you might well, you know, if you, if you had nothing much to do, someone might just suddenly chuck you, uh, you know, a piece on aviation yeah. or, or whatever to, to check to out. In. You have to step in and do that, yeah. Um, and the editor uh, and deputy editor used to write as well. I mean, not just the leaders, but, um, you know, we write news stories. Mm. Yeah, I think that's still yeah. the case. And Lucy's still very much involved yes, uh, yes. day to day. Yeah. So yeah. that still happens. Absolutely, I'm sure it does. Similarity yeah. From, yeah. from then and now. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking, weren't we, about, um, I, I said, I looked through some of our archives. Yeah. And, and it was a newspaper style, wasn't it? Very it was, much a tabloid It was very much a newspaper, yeah. Style, yeah. Not, like, not a no. magazine. And the, 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 I suppose... Uh, the one thing, is, the big difference is we didn't have to do much on online. I mean, it was the very early days of, of online stuff happening. We didn't have computers until quite late on. I think towards the end of my editorships when we first got computers. So until then, we were still using typewriters. But no, the paper, the product was, um, it was a tabloid newspaper, uh, up to about 148 pages, which is quite a lot. And then we do supplements, perhaps, on top of that. And then at certain times of the year, we do daily papers, you know, for the Abta Convention, which I'm not sure it's still called the Abta Convention. It is, is yeah. It? Oh, right. uh, uh, it's the called travel, the Travel Convention. The Travel Convention. Yeah, for that, and yes. uh, for the World Travel Market, yeah. we used to do three daily mm. editions. Mm. Um, doing dailies in some places abroad, of course, was quite a challenge sometimes. You know, yeah, logistically. Be, yeah, yeah, we had to go out there and sign up printers and mm. all mm. the rest of it, you know, and find... Uh, Facilities and it didn't always work. And the story the count was was very high. Wasn't story it? count when was very high. You had to yeah. fill yeah. so many pages as part of your patch. Yeah. That's yeah. a huge number of stories. Yes, on you, that, you typically get about um, probably about four or five stories on a on a yeah. tabloid page. Yeah. You know, a, a big lead story and then a second yeah. lead and then the and then the, the, bits. the fillers. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Exactly that. Okay. Mm. 
Um, so in terms of your editing style, how would you describe it? What were you like as an editor? Were you scary, shouty? Were you very relaxed? I, I don't calm? think I was scary. Um, I mean, I, di I didn't like too much uh, messing around, but I, 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 I took it quite seriously. I mean, people probably may have found it difficult to work to my time schedule because, I mean, I, I, I quite like working late in the evening as well. So, I mean, I, we would have typically an editorial meeting which would be of the department heads, I mean, not necessarily the whole staff, but certainly the, the features editor, news editor, deputy editor, production uh, editor, chief sub, and so on. I would have a meeting with them once, possibly twice a week. Um, and then um, just pretty much let them get on with it. I did try to see all the copy that, that went through. So features, I would, feature copy I would see quite quite far ahead, you know, as soon as it was ready. Mm. Um, but the news copy, um, we still had a, had a system where the copy would go into a basket uh, and the editor would just take it out whenever you got a few minutes and just read through it and then fine, you know, it, it would go through. Okay. Um, I mean, if I was sort of behind, I'd get them coming in, the subs particularly coming in saying, can I have that, can I have that feature or whatever. Mm. Um, but I don't think I was. I don't think I was terrible. I mean, Flora may say something different. I don't know. <laughs> she did tell <laughs> she, me. She's the only one who's left. I think from she said time. you had a drinks cupboard that uh, oh, yeah, you yeah, may or may not know. But I think yeah, she said everyone did then. Um, and and that they did used to raid it sometimes. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. did. Yeah. I think I may have had a fridge as well. <laughs> did you? Yeah, she said she helped yeah. herself a few, few I'm sure times she did, and, yeah. and they filled it back up yeah. with water. So uh, you may have noticed yeah. that. Yeah, but then uh, again, I mean, if we were working in the evening, which I, 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 as I say, I don't really mind. I mean, I, I've never had been a person who likes to knock off at five o'clock or six o'clock. You know, and people are still around. I, they, they would come to the office and have a drink and carry on working. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, and I also took the view if somebody wanted to go out for a long lunch with a contact, not just going out with their mates, so it's different, but going out with a contact. If you come back, you know, at four o'clock, five o'clock in the afternoon, as long as you then do your work, yeah. that's absolutely and fine. And you've got a story that's or you've built a relationship. Yeah, I don't have any problem yeah. with that. I mean, not yeah. clock watching, forget it. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's still um, um, the way. Uh, is, 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 that way, is that the way Lucy runs you're very, yeah. <laughs> No, but we're very trusted, you know. If yes. we're at things, we're encouraged yeah. to go out to things and that's meet right. people. Yeah. As long as you do the work and you get, get exactly. a story, you get something from it, yeah. um, then yeah. that's fine. You've There's got to no be sensible. Watching. I mean, we have one situation where they moved the office down to Sutton in Surrey for a while uh, from London. And when we were down there, there was a great temptation always to come up for lunch and then not go back because... Yeah. Which made some sense because, you know, why would you spend, you know, 45 minutes, whatever it was, going back down there uh, to then come back up, especially if you lived in London, to come back yeah. up there. So you tend to cram lots of meetings into the afternoon, of you know, course. have lunch and then, you know, a couple of meetings and then probably a reception or two. And you probably couldn't, well, you couldn't work remotely then, could you? You didn't have a laptop, um, you could just set up no, you could, well, in London. Well, you yeah. could type, actually. I mean, we had portable typewriters. Okay. Uh, in fact, when I travelled, when we all travelled, we used to often take a portable typewriter with us. And then you could fax the copy of back course. if you had to. Or phone it in. Or phone it yeah, in, yeah. yeah, copy take. We didn't really have, national newspapers had copy takers where people just phoned up and they would write it down. We didn't have that. Although we did, you, people used to take copy. I mean, um, the PAs, the secretaries, whatever. You know, that was part of their job. Yeah. So, you know, if you had to phone in some copy, they would, yeah. they would take it down. In, I might try that at the next conference. Give it a I'll ring Pat yeah. and just yeah. like, so write like, this up. Take, yeah. take this copy down. Yeah, yeah. Do, yeah. It. do it. I'll test it. I'm not sure it'll work, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll give it a go. Um, all right, so you left in 96 yep. uh, as editor. Yep. Um, why did you leave and, and what did you do next? It was a bit of a messy time for, for Travel Weekly, to be honest. Um, there was a period when Reed, the owners, uh, which is now, Reed, is now Reed Elsevier, um, bought an American company, uh, which had a, also had a paper called Travel Weekly. 
Um, and they had a, a rather strange, in my view, idea of trying to merge the two papers and making them effectively one paper with two editions. It didn't, it never really was going to work, not least because of the language differences and the time differences and all sorts. I'm the editor of that paper, and I had a number of meetings and lunches and dinners, you know, both in the States and here, uh, to, to see if we could work out a plan. But it, it really wasn't going to happen. Um, they were based in a place called Secaucus in New Jersey. Um, so I was going over there quite a lot for meetings. He was coming over to London. Um, but, but eventually, just it, it, it wasn't going to work. They tried to, um, at the end of it, they tried to get the UK edition to report into the US edition. Um, and have they, they actually brought a temporary, some temporary staff in from the States to London. Uh, and at that point, it just enough was enough. You know, it wasn't. Uh, so you it, decided. It, it to wasn't totally it. my decision to go, no. but, but uh, it was quite. You know, it yeah. just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. It wasn't going to work. You okay. know, so yeah. And what did you? So what did you do afterwards? Did you take some time out? Uh, no, I went. No, no, no. I, I, I became um, freelance. I went freelance straight away. I had, a, I had a number of contacts. You know, so I, start, I started writing freelance travel straight away. Um, did that for quite successfully for a number of years, and then. I had another staff job when Andrew Neil was launching a Sunday newspaper called Sunday Business. Um, and I was approached by the, um, the first editor, Jeff Randall, who later became the BBC's business editor, to, um, to go and be a travel editor, or travel and transport editor there. He was looking for somebody. So I met, um, I met Jeff Randall for breakfast and, and got the job there, okay. which continued until 9-11, um, until really, when they sort of reduced the size of the paper. And uh, eventually it went, uh, it went down, which is rather sad. We're still very good friends. Everybody who works on the paper at that time, we're still all great mates. And we see one another quite a lot. And it's good to see that Andrew Neil himself has gone on to great things. He has, you know? yes, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so I, uh, that was a staff job for a couple of years, I suppose, two, three years. Yeah. And then when that happened, again, when that went, I went back to doing freelance. Uh, and I've just continued to sort of build the freelance portfolio. So really. do you still regularly write... Yeah. Um, travel pieces. I do. I write travel or travel-related stuff. Yeah. yeah, so luxury stuff um, for a whole range of people. Actually, for the Mail on Sunday, quite a lot. The Daily Mail, um, a bit for the Times now and again for GQ magazine. Um, I've just written something for the Spectator, which is uh, I haven't done for for many years. Actually, I used to write for the Spectator Life quite a bit, but I've just done a okay. done a trip. What's for that them. about? What, uh, I went to um, Malaysia to um, a hotel called the Datai, which. Uh, um, was refurbished, you probably know it. Um, it, it was refurbished after they spent, I think, about a year doing it up and spending millions on it. It's now a super hotel, I have to say. Lovely. You okay. should try and get out there. Yes, and I should. Do a supplement on yeah, the, yeah. the dance <laughs> yeah, side. Yeah. Um, and what about, what's your next trip? You got um, up? I'm going to France in a week, uh, a couple of weeks. Actually, that's semi-private because I'm just going to, to, to a friend's um, birthday. Then I'm going to Cambodia, um, doing a piece about food about, okay. about uh, cooking learning to cook or cooking Cambodia who's that for? that'll be for Mail on Sunday okay. yeah very mm. nice yeah. that sounds yeah. very very nice indeed okay mm. um, and do you keep up do you keep up to date with kind of the travel industry news do you still I do I, lo I look at Travel Week yeah, I mean, yeah I, of course I don't uh, I don't get it uh, in the mail anymore but um, no. You can um, check online yeah I, I check online yeah, okay. yeah and how do you just to, to, to wrap up then how what do you see as the main differences when you go on the website and you see the news we're covering? Are there some issues and topics you think, God, it's the same things we were covering yeah. back then? Um, certainly Jeremy Skidmore, some of the things he was talking about, it's like, yeah, they're still yeah, top of the still agenda. Familiar. Yeah, yeah. 
No, I think I think a lot of them are actually. I mean, commission issues, for example. I suppose the big difference then was way back um, the travel agents, as they were, the big groups like Thomas Cook, um, Lampoli, uh, uh, lots of them. They had a lot of power. You know, the, the the retailers had an awful lot of power. That slightly changed, I think, where almost it's a situation now where the tour operator has become like the retailer was. You know, it's kind of gone down a level, mm-hmm. if you like. Um, there aren't. I don't think there are very many of the very big chains. Uh, retail chains around anymore are they or are they well in, tra- in travel in you travel, mean yeah. I mean well there's there's obviously those that you've named Cook yeah and, they're still and, around and Tui. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think they're shrinking their retail networks not yeah. shrinking you know yeah. they're reducing it but Tui of course um, is a tour operator as well isn't it? it is sorry yeah, yeah. do yeah. you mean purely retail I mean purely retail yeah uh, I mean, there are regional. I mean, you've got Hayes yes. Travel, you've got Barhead Travel, yeah. Altham's Travel, and then you have quite a lot of Minipals. Yeah. So yeah. they have like sure, 10 yeah. or 15 shops yeah. like Miles Morgan. Yeah. So yeah. I'd say it's, to me anyway, and I, I can't compare it to years gone by, but certainly there seems to be an appetite for independent yes. travel agencies. Yeah. And some of those independents are growing. Yeah. So the likes of Hayes, you know, they have 150 sure, yeah. or yeah. more shops. Oh, so now okay, that's yeah. counted as a, 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 really, that's a... That's a multiple. Oh, it's, yeah. it's huge. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I see there's quite a lot of medium um, and, and smaller independent yeah. agencies, but yeah, giant retail chains. I mean, you've got the Virgin uh, Holidays concessions. They're, yes. they're in a yes. lot of department stores. They're still around. Um, but it's interesting how that's developed because we used to predict way back um, why, for example, don't the, doesn't the post office start selling travel? You know, I mean, that's an, all the banks. You know, people are in there doing other things, so why isn't there a travel agency in there as well? To, to share the space. I know, yeah. that, yes, the co-op does that quite co-op well. Does it now, they they yeah. have quite mm. a few travel agencies within their supermarkets, yes. yeah. and a lot of the co-op supermarkets also have a post office, so you can kind of okay. do everything yeah. in one, and it saves costs, doesn't it? Yes, of course, and things. Yeah. So I think some, some yeah. agencies yeah. are definitely doing yeah. that. But um, a lot of travel, or what we would would have called travel agents, and now people working from home, aren't they? I mean, loads of, of home yeah, workers. That's yeah. a really good point, actually. Um, yeah. that, that didn't happen at all. Yeah. No, and it's mm. a quite a new thing. So, you know, you see these national headlines, oh, Thomas Cook's shutting shops, and there's, you know, high yeah. street travel agents are, are, are dying. Well, uh, they're not, A, but then also there's there's loads of these perhaps slightly invisible home workers that the, the consumer yeah. media and consumers aren't aware of. Sure. Um, certainly those that aren't using them. But, yeah, travel counsellors. Um, yes. And there's loads of home working groups now because you can do it from home. Yeah, and it's flexible. Yeah. So for those with families, it's absolutely it's it makes sense. Yeah. You're absolutely right. There's been yeah. a huge growth in home. And I think that's a massive, it's a big difference that I've noticed actually. But looking at your paper, you know, just it's one yeah. of the things that it stands out. I think definitely. Yeah, yeah we write about yeah. them a lot. So yeah, yeah. Great. Well, Good thank stuff. you so much, Jeff. It's lovely to meet you. Very nice Thanks to meet for you. Coming in. Pleasure. And yeah. uh, sorry we didn't get to talk more 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 gossip from Flo. I will maybe <laughs> maybe do it again with. Yeah, yeah, I'm after this. For bringing put us through the ringer. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks very much, Amy.